Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, are Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Dragon! Now dry dragon after a lot of rain here. And this week we're here to talk about not one, not two, not three, but four episodes of Star Trek. The two of them are like two minutes. Yeah, so... uh, and and we would have covered the other <laughs> of the new uh, very short treks because we were going to catch up with those tonight, but we didn't know one existed because they're that good at promoting. Exactly. Yes, we. Th- this is this is your peak. You you're almost weekly at this stage. Peak behind the scenes of how professional we are at Retrek. We had forgotten the titles of some of the very short treks, so when we Wikipedia'd them, we discovered there was one that none of us had seen. Now, two notes on that. One, I remember the name of all the holograms all the way down, which I almost then got wrong. But, and secondly, I feel like the unprofessionalism was started by Paramount Plus. So I feel yeah, like. Yeah, okay, we'll give you that. Yeah. So yeah, we're covering two of the most recent very short treks, the most recent lower decks, and we're going all the way back to TNG season one for one one oh oh one oh oh one. In fact, oh, for those of you still in decimal for two oh one two hundred and one, there we go. Either way, go. That journey was worth it. Mm. I I like that episode. Anyway. Really? Oh man, I can't wait to talk about it's it now. Actually, it's actually really Awful. clever Bad. with what it does with Minuet later on. Yeah, so the next episode is clever. Well, not yeah, the next it's one. Really the, good the episode it's really three good seasons up, later. It's really good setting up for a season four episode. Oh, you mean imaginary? Is it imaginary? No, imaginary friends. Future Imperfect. Future Imperfect, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, That's- so... The first very short trek, Worst Contact, where Riker and Crusher go to do First Contact, and it's just a planet full of mingers, and they're snotting all over the shop. And it's... Yeah, this one where it's good fun, but it's kind of hard to get a lot of mileage out of it. It's just guys it, being yeah. bogeys and it was um, and... To me, it felt uh, like very 80s mm-hmm. uh, toilet humour. Yep. That, that's been Which I done. Love. Yeah, but it, it's been done and it's been done a lot better. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it, it is very one note joke. <laughs> it was very one note. It was a one dimensional episode. The joke has been done many, many times previously, and it's been done so much better previously. The Young Ones episode Ooh, sick is I... probably the best one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason why I liked it a bit better than, than you is because at least it's like we never see like them go to a planet and it be all, like they yeah. they're always oh peace and love, and now something's a bit awkward and they're a bit off and they're they're rubbing a snot on their hand before shaking hand. It's like oh that's a bit great. Like I like the idea that that's the line with with Federation. They accept everyone, but that one's a bit gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, you know it's it, it, it's fine. It's yeah, it's fine. Whereas the next um, one. I yeah, there's nothing memorable about it. No, it's there's not. When not. you're gonna go, yeah, I must watch that again. Yeah, 
But I love the next one, the idea that they kind of like, they're sort of taking, I do feel like there's a subtle jab at uh, Enterprise's finale in this. Oh, I don't think it's subtle. (laughs) It's not (laughs) subtle in the slightest little bit. (laughs) I I, I think this is, but it's like, I don't think it's like, oh yeah, but what if like after that, that happened? It's like, yeah, that was crap. How do we tee off from this one? I really feel like it... I don't think it was, it was, um, yeah, I think, I think it was a slightly knowing nod to the fact that it wasn't the best finale. Yeah, I think it was. And it, it, it's clever. It's fun. This, this is exactly what you should be doing with this format, I think, yeah. is just going <laughs> crazy, having a load of fun with it. And there was a really confusing bit, though, where these CGI characters appeared. And yeah, I, they, right. they're not that. You mean they're not part of any Trek trying show. to pretend that none of us ever saw? Yeah, exactly. I, d- I don't know who they are or what they're uh, doing. No, it's, no, actually, I, I, it's actually this great new uh, Netflix show. Yeah, no, it's, Netflix, Netflix it's a Netflix parody of of, um, of Star Trek. Star Trek parody, <laughs> I think it's called. I think it's parody. I, I, I might yeah, have. something like it that. It begins with pain. But joking aside, it was wonderful to see those characters again. I mean, luckily now we know that we're going to get the full second season. I wouldn't, because this was shown like just before that announcement. Mm. And I wonder if they've done it deliberately, that oh, prodigies, because they've they've gone through. Yeah, maybe. They've gone through all the Star Trek day, not mention a thing about Prodigy, and it's taken down. And it, they have Trey almost as if it doesn't exist anymore. They do, yeah. Well, what I was saying was like, I, I wonder if like because like as you say, the timing of this one being one of the later ones, because we now know there's another one. I thought it was the last one. I wonder if no. there were a few more references to Prodigy prior to this, which got cut maybe before they had a certain, like it's either an embargo date because they usually are when something's moved over, like they don't want to talk about it. (coughs) Let the channel, A, let the channel talk about it, but B, they're really trying to promote their own stuff. Um, Or B, it's like, yeah, they were like, they hadn't got anything in place. But I think this, judging by the time of it, this is probably the grace period between it leaving one service and going to the other. They usually have that signed into the contracts. So I, yeah, I, I think this was set up to, <coughs> this would be landing as one of the later ones because that's after when we're going to be talking about it again. Well, I've very much enjoyed seeing them again. So, oh, and, great. and it great. was a clever little episode. And there was a nice little, um, uh, the Laura Dex bit was really good in this one. Yeah. They got to have a little bit of fun with it. Um, and, and I also love the fact, the idea that uh, Quark, because the, the, they started doing them quicker and quicker as they went on. But mm-hmm. the first one where it's Quark uh, showing uh, Garrick what he's going to do to face yeah. the Romulan crit. That was a lovely yeah. bit of business. That's a direct kind of like basically lift of what they do in, in um, uh, these, are the voyages. these are the voyages oh. enterprise. It's mm. a, it was just a really nice little kind of thing. And then you go into the quick pace ones. It was just uh, so yeah, it, for a little five minute thing. It reminded me a bit of when they did the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, even though we're nearly at the, well, we're at the 60th now. Yeah. Uh, they did uh, Night of the Doctor and it was like seven minutes long and it feels longer because it was such, so Oh, that, well that was great. And I'd say this is kind of up there for like this is one of those just out of the short tracks. This is probably the best written one for everything they've written. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the one that is memorable. Like you've got to go back. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And yeah. you need to watch it a couple of times because there's so many different things happening. Yeah. yeah. Really good fun. 
Um, so, on to Lower Decks then, and a few badges more this week's episode. And <laughs> I think this is this is my favourite this season, I think I can comfortably uh, say at this point. And I think um, our predictions for how the episode structure, we were pretty much spot on last week. Yeah, we definitely got... Yeah. Um, Squee, particularly, you were... Very concerned that we weren't going to get any forward momentum on the, the story it, arc. Yeah. We did, yeah. I but trusted they, them. But they delivered yeah, it. We Absolutely. It. Yeah, yeah. They, they knocked out the park. And just a little bit um, behind the scenes of Retrek, uh, like when we talk about the episode to go with it, Elliot, like, because sometimes, like, my memory's really crap. So sometimes when Elliot says something, it makes no sense. I don't know he's joking because I go, oh, he's, pr- he's probably explained this. It, it makes perfect sense something we were talking about. But then he puts it and goes, yeah, I think we should do Fistful of Data. Because, you know, the Clint Eastwood connection. I'm going, what's the bloody Clint Eastwood connection? <laughs> I'm not looking at the title when you write this. You don't, you don't go, because it's yeah. called this. You just go, oh, well, everyone will remember that. No, why would well, I think that? Why would I be thinking well, about that? Well, to me, everyone would get that straight away. <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember episode titles. I used to be able to when I was a yeah. kid. But, yeah, that I just thought with the name of the episode title. Fistful of Dators. A fistful of dates. Well, we've already done a fistful of dates yeah, that's when we, we were doing that's that's we holodecks and holodex stuff. And stuff. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so we get the, the scavenger guys come back, and we've definitely seen them before in Lower Decks. I really like the design of them. Uh, and, and the Vinyls. The is it? Yeah. And they they find Badgie, so we pick up straight away with Badgie where we left him. And they kill some binars, which is uh, it is. Well, it's not the first time we've seen binars since the episode we're going to cover. I think they have a walk on in an episode somewhere, but it's yeah. the first time we've we've spent any time with the binars, and probably for good reason. But yeah, they're um, not the they're not the most interesting species. How they were done. No. Like, the idea behind them, I think, in next gen, if it had been developed, could have been quite interesting to have these. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but next gen the, totally misused them. I, I underused yeah. them from a great premise. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, and did you, I mean, Jesus, the language they were using on the binary ship. Sorry, I, I speak binary. Yeah, of course. Oh, mouth, mother, I mean, Jesus, there's stuff which, you know. Uh, well, you I obviously I told you what the episode's really called. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, Jesus, they, they can say that still. I mean, geez, in this day and age, I, I would have expected in the 80s when they first came out with them. But Well, yeah, the binars would be cancelled if they if they, they started spouting all that sort of stuff on now. But luckily, they get destroyed. So we do it well, do they? Um, well, so yeah, they uh... do. Yeah, they do, but some yeah. other people may not have done. And then, so what we're doing with this episode is we're taking all the evil AIs and we're putting them together yeah. in one episode. So we get Peanut Hamper gets reintroduced, and is it Agimus, Jeffrey Coombs' character? Yeah. And all of these are brought back into the story. It's quite a good lineup actually, because you've got Jeffrey Coombs, you've got Kirsten Scholl, who does not only loads of animation, but she's been in loads of TV shows, currently in uh, What We Do in the Shadows. You've got um, Jack something, isn't it? So I'm going to forget. 
who or he might play Jack. He, he's basically he's in uh, Thirty Rock. Um, the All guy, right. He's, he's been in a ton of stuff. So yeah, it's it's a pretty damn sweet cast. I sometimes look at this and okay, these guys do all do a lot of animation so you probably could get them but sometimes when you think about the money that's on screen on star trek or doctor like you know people are doing for the love not the paycheck in these cases yeah some of them are, yeah yeah i think in this case also probably, but it just made you, me think of that it's like they're all you have to remember so with animation it's not a huge commitment like they no. they send a car for you you get in the car it drives you to the studio you go there for a couple of hours you uh, come home you've got 10 grand in uh, your bank account and let's not... mind, season one of lower decks was done during lockdown they didn't even have to leave the homes so just recorded it very all. true yeah i'm guessing they don't get 10 grand an episode though i might be wrong but i mean you might be surprised, I did. actually i don't know i don't know no you might be I right have, i have no idea what they get though i am as I've told you guys off air, I've been reading the the making of Star Trek book, and it tells you like what the budgets were for each episode back in the day, and it was a hundred and seventy five thousand season two of the original series. That's what they they had to make each episode. And, um, and to be fair, you look at what English uh, sci fi was being made for at the same time. That was. Oh. That was probably a season's budget for Doctor Who. Yeah, almost <laughs> certainly, yeah. And actually, it's worth mentioning as well that uh, we say about like the Mega Teen Up, they kind of teed it up at the end of the last episode where they had a couple of them next to each other at least in the uh, big lockup. Yeah, exactly. So I'm glad we finally bring these evil mm. AI characters together. Uh, just a little, this was almost an episode I suggested we did. Uh, when Agamus makes his drones, they look like the drones from what's Arsenal it called Arsenal of Freedom, exactly. Um, which I, I, I really want to do that episode because there's a bit that I find absolutely <coughs> hilarious in it, but um, probably other people won't feel the same. So we'll get there one day, I'm sure. Um, and when Trek this, wants us to, we will be there. We will. There's this sort of weird love story between Peanut Hamper and Agamus going yeah. on. He's all very, we're going to meet up and do evil things, but she keeps not being where she tells him. Yeah, I, I think this is going to spin off to, like, I think the next time we see, I think we're seeing these all again. I think it'll I be think like... So. I think it'll be uh, Jeffrey Coombs. I'm going to forget all the characters. It's going to be Jeffrey Coombs, Peanut Hamper, like is going to be maybe hired by Starfleet to try and track him down because he's gone rogue again. And you get mm-hmm. good G then in on the action. I think, yeah, I think there's going to be another sequel to this. It's probably going to be, I can picture Jeffrey Coombs' character because he was already basically talking about going evil again at the end of the episode. Yeah. So. I think well, it's I was talking about going good actually by end of episode. It was trying to impress the in-laws. He was, but yeah. yeah, he was trying to impress the in-laws. But then he said there was one line he said, like, which suggested that he could go evil again at any moment. He was basically yeah. just doing it because he wanted to get with Peanut Hamper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really like the bit where. He's got his blue light, so he's all good. And then it turns red and they're like, wait a minute, you can turn your blue light red? Right. Or your red light blue, rather? Yeah, yeah, it was when, yeah, Peanut was going, like, oh, my God, it's like, it's such a strong... I thought blue lights were just for good robots. Not anymore. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Brilliant. So well. And it is the, like, classic cliche that you get particularly no. in animation where well, the... it, it's a tip it used to be the typical star wars thing you want it because you had the blue lightsabers and right red lightsabers yeah but 
you also had it like you know with in something like transformers like the the autobots invariably had blue eyes and the decepticons yeah. quite a few of them had red eyes oh, and, and you see in supernatural demons always have red eyes and... they do yeah oh hang on that's only like the arch demons in uh well, the normal demons have have black, black eyes. I just want you to get it right, otherwise, Ruth will chin you. I'm sorry, but yeah, but when uh, the point is so that it's normally done as red eyes. Yes, green, it is. Red red eyes is bad. And I've got nothing on supernatural, but my little fun fact for um, Star Wars is the reason why um, Samuel Jackson got the purple lightsaber. There was a little little thing on the, when the making of back in the day of the Phantom Menace, and he's talking to George Lucas, and he goes. How do you decide who gets kind of what color? Oh, and I will drop that accent straight away. How do you decide uh, who gets what color lightsaber? And George Lucas goes, well, the good guys, they either get uh, uh, blue or green, and the bad guys, they get red. And he goes, so I can get purple? He goes, mm, you might get purple. And then on the screen, he gets a purple lightsaber. It was just because of that offhanded comment. He goes, yes, yeah, so I'm going to give him purple lightsaber. He's Samuel L. Jackson. Why wouldn't Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If Samuel L. Jackson it's wants a purple, a purple lightsaber, lightsaber he gets Samuel a purple L. lightsaber. But it's, it's just genius. I love the fact it was just that silly conversation. George was like, right, he's getting purple. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And also, quite canny by him because it means you can spot Mace Windu in all the big battle scenes. Yeah. And also, let's face it, I think it's a bit of a willy joke. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, Samuel but... Jackson, I think he knew what he was doing. Maybe so. I'm just worried about your willy now if it's purple constantly. <sighs> the eggplant, or as we call it, aubergine, is, mm-hmm. is used for the... In the it is. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have questioned it. But it's maybe... I... I don't know how I'm going to text like that, but... Maybe, maybe just... You know, have have a word with the GP if you need to. That's all I'm saying. Bye. It's fine. It's fine. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. But, anyway, but the, the pus is normal, though, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So Badgie then. So Rutherford gives him a hug, and Badgie appears to turn back to the good side. But what actually happens is it creates this like meta crisis, and we we get a brand new character. Well, Badgie decides to kick out the good. Yeah. <laughs> and we get Goodgie. So... Genius, genius, Badgie. And Goodgie, it's, it, I, yeah. it's such a... It's the first time name. that I got it with the name, that Badgie. The first three letters of yeah. the name, Bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think yeah. they did that on purpose, probably, when they wrote it. Then they were going... <laughs> it's, it, well, it's hard badgie. to say if they did do it on purpose or not. I, mean, I just haven't got the joke until this episode. No, no, but I, I'm saying I don't think it was... I mean, it was there, but it's like, I don't think it was a huge joke. No, it was uh, probably a happy coincidence when they were thinking, like, what shall we call the good version? Yeah. It's just just such a brilliantly dumb pun that you can't help laughing your ass off. No. it's 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 in a perfect spot of being a really bad joke that's bad enough (laughs) to be hilarious. But that's not all, because we also get logic (laughs) Yes, which is just... It's making it even dumber. <laughs> and then after the, if you went straight for logically, <laughs> no joke there, doesn't work. No, they, no, no. they've taken you to such a dumb. Well, like is when a, they go logically, you're you're just pissing yourself. Is a goodie has that um, like silly single front book tooth? You know, a bit like um, oh, what's the car called in cars? The tow truck. Mater. 
Oh. Yeah, same sort of team for me is always good. <laughs> and, and it's also the fact that as they uh, distill out all the good out of Badgy, I love how they make it more and more intense to the point where he's just got these yeah. huge florid eyebrows. He looks yeah. like he's animated in a different style. He's become so angry. It's just, it. The, I mean, hats off as always. Like we don't say enough, but hats off to the animators. They, the job they did on Badgy on this one particularly is outstanding. Just it, again to get another animation style almost in there and it blend in was just great yeah yeah and it's also you know it, it does go back to like star trek tropes like you've got the enemy within where you get kirk split into the good and evil and you've got yeah. data and law and you know if we wanted to extrapolate it further i mean could we argue that we've got the ego the id and the super ego once we get logic introduced sure. to it you know Jim, I wasn't going to go so Route 1. I thought that was pretty obvious in terms uh, of the I mean, text. Yeah, yeah you're right. Me. You're right. I'm, how foolish of me. Um, but, you know, what I'm saying is there's a lot to chew on if you really want to, to look into it. But the the joke is good. It's the, the classic it sort of dramatic... <clears throat> dramatic... <clears throat> can't speak the dramatic like three beat that you get so you introduce the idea we've got this name is called bad g you reinforce it good g is a play on good and bad and bad g and then you subvert it right at the end so you have the third beat of it just completely throws it out the window logic his name doesn't follow the naming trend so you know it's a it's a, a well-worn writing trope but they they pulled it off brilliantly in here yeah this is just said yeah clever writing great animation it's just really yeah i can see that why this i mean i'm trying to think i think this is my favorite as well i think there was an early one which was really good but yeah i think this one takes it so far yeah and i like logic he has a good line where badgie outlines his plan and it's we're going to destroy the federation and then there's almost just a little pause and then he goes that is not logical <laughs> they really though do need to work on you know how many times does stuff like this have to happen do not have an ability to link the whole fleet oh, because it's been a it, bad idea yeah, the first yeah. season of Lower Decks, it happened. <laughs> the first season of Prodigy, it happened. It's going to, I know, timeline-wise, Picard's later on, but it's going to happen again. Did it happen in Discovery <laughs> to an extent? Probably, probably. I don't think so. No, we've held the Section 31. Control ships. was going to, yeah. yeah, Control oh, was going to okay. do something like that. I mean, Jesus, um, the, the only reason why Lower Decks can totally get away with it is because they can just say it's a piss take of all the other... Cost again, yeah. yeah, but I don't. I'm, this didn't feel like that was that. I think it was just. No, it, it yeah. just it was just a, a well, touch of it reminded me. Yeah, of they it, didn't. Was, they didn't nail it enough for a joke, though. So I think no, they didn't. They weren't so, going. For the joke. I don't think yeah. they were going for a joke. I think they just got. No. I think they've actually. I think they've played the joke last season. Yeah, where they had well, it all, and this is like just going. Yeah, this needs to be done. Something needs doing about this. And maybe Lower Dex is the one that's going to turn around and go, yeah, let's not have all the shits can talk to each that'd other be, and control yeah. each other. That'd be a really good improvement. It would oh, well, be one, a good... One callback, which we'll, well, one thing which we'll get to near the end, but we missed at the beginning, was the uh, grappling hook as well. I thought it was kind of fun. Oh, yeah, the grappling well, hook was fun. Well, <clears> I, like, <throat> I like the grappling hook. I was doing it at the beginning, and it just thought, yeah, 
they've someone's been said when they've gone back from str- the Strange New Worlds episode about the grappling hooks, how they all love the grappling hook. And yes, you're and right. Rubber, and Rubber uh, run with it. The, the I, very, uh, I thought it was I, a reference to Enterprise with their. Well, it is, but they were saying they liked yeah, the but, grappling hooks from but Enterprise. Rutherford and Tandy know that they went back through time because they had to tell them not to come back. Didn't yeah. They? So they yeah. know what happened, even though they can't tell anyone else because of the timey wimey stuff. But did the 1701 so, have a grappling hook? Yeah, the, no, the NX01 had the grappling yeah, hook. Yeah, no, no, that's one thing. So how does it relate to. Because because um, Boiler and uh, Mariner had been geeking out about all the stuff on the one seven oh one, yeah. And then and then later on, you had the crew of the Enterprise were geeking about out about stuff about from the NXO one with the grappling up when they had to find the piece of the NXO one in the in the, yeah. the ship, and the, they so. They've been geeking out about the grappling up. So I imagine Boiler and Mariner have told them they were geeking out. Because so far can talk about what no, but, the, but, but, but those two, hadn't they already come back to the present when the uh, NX... No. Sorry, when the 1701 were talking about the grappling hook? No. Uh, no, they, so they had to find that. They had to uh, find the piece of the NX01 to get the best. Oh, right, yeah, sorry, so. sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you now. So, so I imagine that's a few where... Weeks. That's where I imagine Rutherford's got the idea from. Because Maybe they, so, but they shouldn't have told Rutherford. Yeah, but they can because Rutherford and Tandy know that they travel through time. Yeah, but they don't know the, the details. They shouldn't no, be telling the details. They're probably yeah. the only two people who can tell little bits about. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. But either way, it's a nice little sort of callback. That's how I like to think about it, that they've had yeah. a little... Bits of conversation, and that's where Rutherford's got the idea from. You need a grappling hook. And, and Kingy, by the way, look, stop it with your kind of uh, crude enjoyment of now your Tandy, her uniform comes off her and she's down to her vest. Girl, your comments about her the other week, I'm pretty sure it was you. I thought, yeah, I'm pretty sure it, it definitely was, yeah. Yeah, Tandy, well, Tandy. I mean, that was what you were saying. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. You that's do get exactly how I. Well, for all the people with foot fetishes later on. The- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was joking about it, but have you seen how many episodes they sort of sexualized that cartoon of Tandy? It's, it's already, she's it's in she's so in, and, and that actually plays because she's so innocent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, well, stop emailing them and asking for it, and they might. You know, they might calm down with it. Yeah, and it was me asking for it from them that led to the restraining order between me and Noel Wells, but that's another story entirely. <laughs> but we've talked about Logic E, but sadly it doesn't last very long. And yeah, um, Logic E is the first of the the badgy triumvirate to, to leave us, um, which is a shame. But, well, if you'd had more time, you could have done a wonderful pastiche to uh, Wrath of Khan, where you had like, yeah, logic and Gucci either side of the bus. Yes. What did you think of my solution? <laughs> but Badgie ascends, so we yeah. get the classic Star Trek trope of um, beings ascending to a higher level, and we uh, get the koala. He, he does it through evil and still attains enlightenment, which is they've never done that. So it's like they kind of do do something different. Yeah, that's very stark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, I, I did like it seeing the koala. I still want to see the Great Bird of the Galaxy in the background, though. By the, the Great Bird of the Galaxy would be good, but I, I want the, I want to see the koala in live action because nice. we've emphatically established now that the Star Trek afterlife is governed by a celestial koala. koala. I d- so I, just, I think I would, we need to see him. <laughs> I would love them to merge those two religions they've got of like the koalaisms and the Great Bird of the Galaxy. I like to think they're from the same religion somewhere. Yeah, the like the the turtle. It's not like a menagerie, in it. Yeah, yeah like so, the, yeah, they, they've got many gods, you know. <laughs> the turtle and the spider in Stephen King's multiverse, like the the opposite ends of the tower. Sorry, yep. got a bit bit deep into dark tower territory there. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, but I don't know that at all. But yeah. Well, the turtle's called Maturin, obviously, and he's one of the. And the, if you've the watched eight. the movie, you won't know that at all. So one's called Maturin, and the other one's called I can't believe it's not turtle. Yes, yes, uh, you do actually find out the spider's. I mean, the spider's Pennywise, but it doesn't really have a name. Yeah, um, Pennywise. Yeah, Pennywise is a giant spider, what is and name? the clown. Yeah, it's. Have you seen? Not seen the end of the oh, film. I think I've seen it. Told, I haven't seen. I think it. you're being told off here. Oh, Facebook user says shame not knowing about the dark tower. Well, I'm educating him. Well, shame on you for not being able to put your name on the screen. So, mm, no, sorry, I, 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 I should watch it. But the film I heard was not good. Oh, the film is not good. No. No, I will um, listen to the audio book at some point. Okay. Um, but but yeah, so basically, all you need to know is Pennywise is a giant spider who is the mortal enemy of the turtle, who is one of the eight guardians of the spokes Galaxy? of the tower, which um holds the multiverse together. Is it a Clearly. multiverse of madness? It, I mean, it could be if the Crimson King gets his wish at the end. Anyway, join us for the Dark Tower podcast. Um, but yes, Badgie ascends then. And what we find out as a result of all of this is that the ships that we've seen be destroyed nearly every episode actually are not being destroyed. They are being teleported somewhere else. Yeah, but we thought the binary ship does get destroyed because bad because Badger says that we can salvage stuff from the the binary ship, so the binary one does get destroyed. Ah, uh, unless he doesn't know about this and they're uh, transporting rubble in its place. Yeah, Badger doesn't know. Agamus knows, but you're right. No, we've seen uh, debris no. from the ships. But you have, well, had, we have um, we've had. Okay, they didn't do it using beaming, but if you remember the most toys, you got the collector. In fact, it could be the collector, but he um, got rid of Data and Shuttlecraft and put debris in the place. So maybe I'm going to say it's the collector. I, I, this actually crits quite nicely. I, I, I went ass backwards into that theory, but I'm going to go with it. it I'm be. going back to the classic one, which is who do we know that can transport things across vast distances? The, the Iconians. Yeah. We did throw the Iconians out a few episodes ago just to cover our bases. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's never going to have... be the Iconians. But... <laughs> what a, uh, to be fair, everybody, every time we have a mystery in Star Trek, when it sets it up, there's always people who go, the Iconians, the Iconians, the Iconians. 
And Lower like Decks are probably the only ones who are ever going to do the icon. They might the do, actually, because they, they will, without a doubt, they will know that. Um, so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they threw out the Iconians one time. It'll be like that episode of House where it actually is lupus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, oh, that's always a running joke between me and my stepdaughter. Like, we always go, it's not lupus. It's never lupus! Like, that's our thing. Anyway, um, yeah, because I will have to crow just quite considerably, though, if it's the collector, only because I sort of, like, accidentally went into the theory. But because of something which happened on screen because of the debris thing, which was his thing. He, he mm -hmm. measure it was, it was. No, exactly yeah. what's leaving out there. Yeah. That advanced ship that he's yeah, got he used to leave it something to he's collected it. from somewhere else. It don't, he would fit very neatly. If it was him, you wouldn't feel robbed, you know? No, you wouldn't. No, That's you true. wouldn't. And it does fit because it did this, did do that with data. He left enough debris there that it looked like data had actually been destroyed in, in the shuttle. I mean, yeah, and he, certainly... he measured everything. And isn't there a beam which comes out of the thing before it destroys? So it could be measuring it up for the debris field. Not sure. He's certainly up to his game if if it is him, but we'll find out, I'm sure. Him working with the Iconians. Well, like, collecting the Iconians. Why, it, together. It, it's why is he collecting these, yeah. these things? Because surely it could, uh, it could get them a lot easier than, than this. I maybe, I mean, maybe it's another caretaker. <clears throat> but anyway, we will leave that one there then, and... I believe Squee is a huge fan by the sounds of earlier in the episode of Can, what's it called, Elliot? 201? 201. Oh, 201. For, oh how to put it on screen. 11001001. Yes. Catchy. Which actually means so, fuck off in binary. It's very rude. It's actually 201. It is in binary. Now, I do have a question about the binars, but we'll get there. Can I um, just say something about this episode? Yeah. And Paramount. I tried to watch this episode last night on Paramount Plus. Preach. Mm -hmm. And the only episode you could watch of Star Trek Next Generation on Paramount Plus was episode two of All Good Things. You could eh? not choose seasons. You could not choose episodes. It was just stuck right at the end of TNG. I mean, that I was probably to go Netflix. Reason. I had to go to Netflix to watch, watch it. I mean, it's probably That's only on your screen because everyone it's gets like, their own little uh, problem with getting into Paramount Plus. For me, it's on the Fire Stick. It never loads. I have to uninstall it and reinstall it to get it to even fucking open every it's time. Just, I, I just thought it was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that is that ridiculous. I could, like... not, I, yeah. could not, I could not flip through the episodes. It was just stuck at the last episode. Uh, so this isn't my official weekly whinge at how shit Power Man yep. Plus is now. And also, this episode of Lower Decks didn't drop until very late <laughs> in the day last Thursday. Uh, I'd like I, I'm not sure because... I'm not sure because I was working, so I was checking on and I, off I during the day. I went, I went to put it on about half five, and it was there. Yeah. Uh, if I might, though, I just like to marvel at the fact that this is the episode which introduces the binars, mm -hmm. which are a species which are both talking uh, ones and zeros, and have a species which has no particular gender. So they're both binary and non-binary. Oh, good point. Isn't that one? Yeah. Uh, can, you just, uh, 
Can you just remember that part? Can you just remember that for later in the episodes that they are oh. non-binary? Oh, I know the bit you mean. Right I know exactly where you're going. Specifically asks, are these gent are these gentle are these gentlemen the binars? And the commander goes, No, they're not. And don't I yep. I just want to throw out how, how ignorant the crew of the next of the Enterprise are in this episode. Because the binars are obviously part of the Federation. They've come on board as part of the um, tech crew from the Starbase, and they have absolutely no idea about this species. And they're talking about them and asking questions about them behind the backs, within earshot, all episodes, instead of talking to them. And also, also, ignorant lot. Also, while we're there, like uh, going out a bit of time, but. You get that scene where they go, it's like, oh, so they're like, uh, so these men or women, it's like, oh, no, they're neither. They're, they're just like a, a, a non-gender species. Then they're on the holodeck. Uh, they show him a couple of tricks. And yeah. Riker goes, gentlemen, perfection. You just got told. You were just told, Riker. You ignorant. I mean, oh. Well, it's, it's that, it starts with, boys, this is outstanding when they create the bar. And then they put Minuet there and he goes, gentlemen. And it's like, you specifically asked the question and yep. were directly told the answer and have totally ignored it. Yep. And we know you have no problem with binary, non-binary because we see you get off with the third species later on. That looks like a little boy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, true. Yeah, we won't even go into that lot part. I just want to I just want to go on say that. The Enterprise crew, how they are towards the binars in this episode, they really show themselves up. And they wonder why the binars aren't confident enough to ask for help. And no one is capable of selling the script. And I will back that up all throughout the episode. No, no one can sell the script. Selling this script. You've got some wonderful actors here, and no one can sell the script it's that badly written I, I will back this up throughout the episode okay so they start off at space dock but it's not space dock it is the same model as space dock and they overlay the enterprise d on the shots of the enterprise original from star trek 3 well let, but, let's bear in mind this is 1987 and star yeah. trek 3 was 1984 85 but, but much like the Klingons have the different size bird of praise, depending on what we're in, they clearly, this is obviously built to the exact same specs as Space Dock, but just much bigger because the Enterprise D takes up the exact same space as the Enterprise A. But well, it's, it's a different is, region of space. They have more room to, to build. Like they've is, got the Galaxy-class starship. Like, we've talked about this before, and like, there's pros and cons to what they did because these are physical models. Yes, I know. Built. And you've got the con is that these are very, very expensive models to build. Hugely expensive. You're talking at the time these were made, sort of like fifty to hundred thousand dollars. So they're hugely expensive. You don't just use them for one thing if you can reuse them. Mm-hmm. CGI, you can do lots of different things. Yeah, they know. But, yeah. but 
Doesn't it look really beautiful? As it does. Oh, no, I'm say, a huge fan of this model. It's the classic mushroom starbase. Everyone should yeah. look like this. But when they get into the... Discovery Time, when they win Discovery Time, they should have just done a more modern version of the same shape. Because yeah, I like that's this what one. you want Starbase to a be lot. now. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's glorious. But is it sat? It's sat sort of like the pros and cons. And that's why you have lots of our birth classes in next generation. Of course, yeah. And you have lots of reliant classes and Excelsior classes crop up all the time. Even though it's nearly a hundred years later, them ships were built to last. Yeah, and the, and the now... Excelsior class was built at the time, so you know it can do seventy-five years. But and that's the con of it that you have to reuse your your models, but you do yeah. have the beauty that they look so good. Now, I know that we make fun of Riker and his libido and everything else. Um, so I'm going to do more of it because oh, when he when he gets on to the holodeck, one oh. of the first things he says is, and a bone for me. So Riker wants a bone on the holodeck. Jim, 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 sorry. I've got so much I want to lay into Riker about in this scene. Can we just go back a little bit? Just, yeah. I mean, just if nothing else, just for the wonderful moment when the other captain they get, there's a thing where they say that they purposely with women, it seems to, you know, is the main thing. Then Hollywood, if you've got a brunette on the screen, you've got to get a brunette to make them look different. Whereas if you've got Captain Picard and you want to have another captain, let's just do the mirror universe version of him <laughs> with a beard. He's yeah. exactly Captain Picard with a beard. I think this guy was also a stunt double. It was, I mean, it's just, why? Why would you? I don't know why it bugged me. I was just like, what? And no one's going to comment on how much they look exactly the same. Sorry, anyway. Sorry, back to what you were saying. All right, <laughs> just that pissed me so off. I don't know why. He wants a bone. <clears throat> yeah, he wants a bone. And then it, it's like that bit out of Total Recall where they're going, what do you want this woman to be like? And he goes, sleazy. Because it's yeah. like, right, we'll make a woman. And then he goes, more sultry. <laughs> and he's yeah, like, okay, I mean, now. Also, like for for in other episodes, you sort of see it's like, oh god, Riker, quite a player. Like I see why he's got this reputation, how smooth he is. He's he hasn't got zero game in this episode. And like the thing which he was going through of like all the kind of uh, qualities he wants, and it's like, oh yeah, um, uh, oh blondes are no good though. Blondes and jazz sound the mix, which yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, and then it's like. The reason why he thinks that she's so realistic, like, is basically he's just she just wants to jump his bones. Oh my god, she's yeah. so realistic because everyone does want to shag me, which is like, <laughs> I'm sorry, mate, and, you can't use that as a reason why she look like that's all she's trying to do so far is look at him like she wants to fuck him and, and then uh, say a couple it's of lines. funny because like Riker's there trying to shag this hologram, yeah. and Picard walks on and instead of sort of being embarrassed, Riker's like, here, have a look at this, and Picard's. Oh, that yeah. is very good, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. No, no, like, no, before that, before we... that, though, when he first comes on, sorry, before we go past this bit, when Picard first moves on, basically, uh, Riker's um, getting off with this, this uh, lady, and he's just looking around going, oh, this is all fantastic. Like, he hasn't noticed they're getting off in the corner. Yeah. And she goes, and he goes, oh, no, please continue. What, you want to watch, you pervert? And, so like, Picard says something weird. He goes, like, oh, it's the sort of place I, I might have chosen myself. Like, really? Really? You're in uh, New Orleans jazz, are you, Picard? Oh, yeah, big time, big time. No, Sorry, Elliot, not. I cut you off. I just wanted to go. No, I, I, was to, I, I was actually going to say the power where Riker's sort of like bragging about, look what I'm off to do in the holodeck. Yeah. He's sort of like, 
We've seen in lower decks that they clean up and they're all used to shagging in the whole deck. So I think this is just sort of like playing into that. But yeah, Do you reckon Riker was the first think, one? And, no, I think that they're enlightened enough that they can quite happily go, see what I have to do with you. Mm, maybe so, yeah. No, it's fine, but I don't think Riker would have, like, Picard would be going there and like, oh, okay. He just, it's like he's not aware, though. It's not like he's going, it's, oh, sorry, you're busy. It's out of character for Picard. It's not out of character for Riker. No, 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 not at all. No, no, Riker would shag anyone in front of anyone. But I'm just saying, when, when Picard little goes boys, on there, it's or, not like... Little, it, girls it's, that look it's like not little like, boys. Can we stop them a little boy stuff? Okay, like just I think we're gonna get you cheat treat if you mention it another time. But anyway, it was the bit where it's not the fact that like uh Picard's like um oh well, oh sorry, I see you're busy. Let me just uh, leave you to he's like uh, yeah. going, Oh sorry, uh, how are you? You know, it's uh, he just acts as if it's not yeah. happening, which is and then weird. like it there's the bit where like Picard's like, Oh, well, clearly you two are about to shag. I think I'll get going. <laughs> and it's and Five then minutes minute, later. Minuet's like, oh no, stay, Captain. And he's like, yes, stay, Captain. He's like, what's your game, Riker? What, what are you thinking's <laughs> going to happen here? The thing you've got to wonder here as well is Picard just wanders into a holodeck. It's like, isn't there any sort of do not enter sign? Oh no, that's, that's the classic, isn't it? Everybody does that all the time, yeah. Yeah, which you think um, uh, Barclay would especially put a lock on there. But yeah, you no. really, really I, would. I, I'm in a private holiday suite, my fantasy. Do not enter. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, we won't say what he's doing in there, but it's. Um, yeah, it, just yeah, do not enter. Thing. I might not be shagging. It could be something else, but, but most likely. And, and I understand the idea that I think in this series, uh, yeah, it's kind of written into all the episodes that it's early days of holodeck technology. Yeah. Like, yeah. like and they're learning stuff. But it's like, oh, the way in which they prove how sophisticated is like, oh, you can suddenly speak French? Like, that seems like a fairly minor trick for such hey, a... Yeah, hey, someone who is essentially the computer. To be, to be fair, yeah. that's just looking back on it now. Like, in 87, you didn't have things like Google Translate left, right, and centre for anything true, you wanted. True, So a computer that just sat... A programme that started speaking foreign languages, when this was made, it was like, wow, that's really... Yeah, OK. Well, I'm not I'll arguing against one. the time. Argue, I'm arguing against all the other things it can do. So even in that time, if it can do all those things, what, the big leap was that they spoke French? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's, it, it's that sort also, of like trying to show that the computer is clever and it's like then things that it's doing it through. Yeah, Would you really so be impressed be. with that in a world where the universal translator is ubiquitous? You know, it's yeah. not... Anyway, and I realise now, looking at my notes, that there, not a lot happens in this episode. The, oh, can, the, can, um, we can we also favorite... give her French, I think, is better than Picard's, just by the yeah. way. It sounds better by far. Can I just say, there's one part of this episode that I really do find funny. And I think it plays into what we saw in last season of Picard a lot. Yeah. I would play in it. And it said, when they're going to go play Priestley Squares, so oh, yeah. Yar and Worf, and two blue shirts in this, mm. nobody's just there to make up numbers. And Worf goes out of his way to wind Riker up, sort of like, I will bring honour for the Enterprise, we will be victorious. No, mate, friends. 
that was why he was about. Why are we keeping score? <laughs> also, yeah. uh, is it just me? Like in these earlier episodes, has uh, Michael Dawn been studying a bit of Shakespeare for this? Ro- like he's obviously taken the note from Star Trek Six. Uh, which I don't think was made at this time, but we'll pretend it was. Uh, he's, he's, he's obviously taken note about like uh, Klingons and Shakespeare because he's just over enunciating yeah. everything. He sounds so much better well, as the episodes go on. Like, I always yeah. think, I, I think Michael Don got, as much as you like Tasha Yap, Michael Don got much better when he became the chief of security and wasn't a, oh, yeah, yeah. a sort of like, yeah, he did. Sort of like a helper because. Early episodes, he was sort of like background filler, have a Klingon yeah. on board. That was the idea. But yeah. when, they met, when they made him a character, he became more. But he, I think you're right, he was played into the Star Trek Six. Yeah. He's... Yeah, it seemed like and that. that even uh... though that was after this. I, I, think you... he, I think he's watched the original Klingon. Maybe Star Trek Six the way was played into him. What I'm you've got to remember I'm as well is he... like, sorry, go on. Well, kind of he is the Klingon in Star Trek Six one them. So, but um, I I think though uh, when you look at the original acting of the Klingon, so it is very they're all old old Shakespearean actors, and yeah. I think yeah. you picked up that note maybe. And the the other thing as well is like we we know a lot about the Klingons now, um, but it's easy to forget that Michael Dawn Worf is responsible for so much of yeah. that. And yeah. this is the very early days of that character. Yeah, it's um, So, you know, there's still teething problems and everything, but... And it was so still a background... It was still there just to have a Klingon yeah. on board without being... It was a main character, but it wasn't yeah. used as a main character. I, I think even by this stage, I think even if um, Tasha Yar hadn't decided to leave, uh, Denise Crosby, I think... He was so visible and yeah. so like, and yeah. it was great from the get go. I think it was always going to come to the thing. Yeah, uh, so. but yeah. So we've established we've got. Uh, I mean, actually, I'll even throw in Worf's acting's a little bit off in this because he's doing the old Shakespeare stuff. We've established that Riker, usually quite a convincing ladies' man, has zero game in this episode. I would like to throw Wesley in next, who every time he delivers a line, it is so awkwardly, almost directly to the camera. I'm pretty sure reading his lines from behind the camera, and he just looks like kind of he's squinting through the whole thing. Like, Anyone got any reaction to that? Don't you think Wesley was hard done to in this episode? Oh god, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really for, for shit. Like he's going. No, to- I don't mean I don't mean his lines. Oh, sorry. I mean no. I mean his character. Like everybody is going off to Starbase because no one is needed on the ship, so Riker gives him an order. Stay on the bridge and watch them. Mm. I'm yeah, gonna say though, he, he was like he was a young cadet though. He needed he was hungry for the work. I think yeah, and also that that's what you do with like teenagers and stuff. You go, yeah, hold that. Yeah, I mean he, he's <laughs> an acting ensign. I mean, Jesus, talk about being yeah. one on the food chain. He's not even a proper ensign. That's true. true. Um yeah, so the binars the zoodice part before we go back to binars. Okay. About Data and Jordy, where Data's painting. This oh, I yeah. liked. This was um, one of the, uh, this part of this scene is one of the things that they used on uh, all the promotional stuff for DS9 when it first started. Was. 
the that's got to be worth a couple of pages. It was a mega mix of all of them, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but that was one of the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just and it is. It's still really. But But, when you think about it, we've got an android trying to paint surreal, being trained by a blind man. (laughs) Yeah, but then when you think what Riker actually says, he's like. A blind man teaching an android to paint, that's got to be worth a couple of pages in somebody's book. You'd be like, up your ass. Oh, like, that was hilarious. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, and I, I did actually like, this is one of my bits I did like about the episode. It was when you got Riker, like, uh, everyone else knows what they're going to do in this spare time. He's yeah. Very Riker like to go, yeah, something will turn up. Like, he seems that character. And also, I'm starting to think he's got ADHD, you know, because he's very distracted. He kind of like uh, won't make plans in advance. He's kind of like a roguishness, like think he goes outside the box with his thinking. And he's obviously great with women. So, you know, I mean, all ADHD traits, which I've noticed myself. Well, there you go. Yeah, you, you are a bit. You, uh, yeah, you remind me of Riker a lot. Yeah, apart from the last one, but apart from that, it's great. Uh, but it's yeah, I did love. I I just love him walking around and kind of like just interacting with people. That was kind of like and yeah, that nice was good. Downbeats in the episode. That That's a good. Set. And that actually, if you look at the episode that Frakes is in DS Nine Defiant, uh, Kira does the same thing at the start of that episode. Like everybody's busy, and that's when she bumps into Tom Riker. Um, yeah, I think but dumb. it's there as well. I'm, I'm just here. I have no real plans. Yeah, uh, there you go. It's a Riker trait. And we do get a short scene in the same bit with uh, Beverly. And there was this line where he goes like, uh, God, looks like you're packing to leave. She was already preparing her stuff, ready to abscond back to Starfleet at the end of this this series. Yeah, that's it. She's out of there. Yeah, I was like, yeah, she's going, no, not for at least, you know, another 12 episodes, how many we've got left in the series, you know. (laughs) The actual actual plot then is the Binars have kidnapped, they've hijacked the Enterprise to go to their planet, and they do, and they fix it, and then Picard goes, oh, well, I think we'll let you off, nobody's been hurt, and that's it. It's bad planning. It's bad planning because... They kidnapped Riker, and it's mm-hmm. just fortuitous that Picard was there as well. True. Because they needed two of them to actually sort it. Can we also, right. Well, we're also skipping over two things. One, first of all, when they set the auto destruct, no codes, just the voice is fine, which mm-hmm. is what allows data to take it. I'm, I'm just saying, if you don't put codes in place, this is what will happen. You just need to copy their voice print. Well, in the original series, they figured this out, in the, and in the movies. And the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you also? I don't know if you noticed as well, but the computer voice keeps changing through with this episode. They haven't yeah, it's a male voice, isn't it? At the end, when they set the it, I noticed this when they set it. It's Major Barrett, and when they uh, do like turn it off, they auto destruct off. It's yeah. a male voice, and it's really weird. Didn't notice. Yeah, yeah um, there's no chords or anything. It's just yet yeah, set. And, and this set, is the... um, auto destruct. Does the first officer agree? Yeah, set it. And this <laughs> okay. is my... We'll blow this up is, in five minutes. <laughs> this is my coup de grace of why no one can sell any lines within this script. Because mm-hmm. right at the end there, Patrick Stewart, one of the best actors, I mean, possibly up there of all time, 
And he just looks bored as fuck while they're just about to destroy the Enterprise. He just like, he's going, oh, well, you better do this. Let's press this. Oh, for fuck. Am I really doing yeah. this? <sighs> I mean, Shakespeare in train, I'm just saying. Fine, yeah, it's not distracting now, whatever. It's, I mean, he, he could not look more bored in that last section. At least earlier on, he managed just to sell the like, oh my God, the wonder of everything around me. Even that's a bit cheesy, but... I'll give oh, him come one. on. When he this sets is... the coordinates at the end and he's like, oh, sector three. Yeah, and we'll do, we'll do warp two. It's like, what? Because because I can't remember how to do this, but I don't trust my piloting that yeah, much. Yeah, like, is it having like a cold start or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. you need to work up to it. Like, <laughs> I, I could quite happily agree that this isn't a great episode, but you'll probably find this is in the modeling community. This is one of the most watched episodes. Ah, uh, because of the shot work. Because, work of power, because you get so many close-up shots of the Enterprise mm. powered yeah. down, which is yes. unusual to get it powered down so you can see exactly how the paint should be and how it should mm-hmm. be. But it's the end of the episode where they go back in Space Dock. They treat it like it's either a pilot episode or the last episode of the series when they're going to dock. And there's the big stirring music and like everyone's whooping and it's like... Calm down, it's only a mid-series perfectly shit episode. Yeah, yeah. Why are you getting that excited about it? It's a monumentous episode. No, the reason I always remember this one fondly is because... You had a five-minute countdown, and it got through a minute of it. It wasn't even last second. This was one of the ones... The next time you do auto-destruct... You have Riker going, yes, I concur, absolutely. Turn it off, stop. Yeah. And they also, they sort of like land it, because you were saying about the fact that Picard just lets everyone off, and it's like they just land it at, um, oh, yeah, because they're binary. They only have the choice of zero, zero, and zero, one. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, why does that excuse anything? Why, like, they can learn just as we can. Yeah, exactly. Like... And, and also, these two guys, the two two people who they've got from the uh, binars. Mm-hmm. It's one zero and zero one. What are they the first citizens ever of the planet? That's why I was gonna say the, you've just... got one one and zero zero, and then that's it. I thought it was one zero and well, zero one. No, no, I mean they're your other two that no, you can have. Oh, yeah, and then you've yeah, used yeah. all not, the combinations. They're not, they're not the names. They were the code to unlock the program to download it. No, oh, that's what okay. they called them. No, their names though as well. No, no, yeah, this, is, this is one no. zero and this is zero. Yeah, one. yeah, they do. No. Yeah, the beginning. Yes, we both from we both Remember the very bit. It's right at the beginning. Guys, this is one zero and this is zero one. They introduced them as that. They do. Maybe they all call themselves by that, but maybe one, so. What, I mean, maybe one, it's one, John one, Smith. Zero, but one one zero zero one zero zero one is the code that they yeah. Code. I mean, they probably yeah, use loads. their names as the clue so they get it. But it's like <laughs> right. that is they never they never land that that's not their name if they're, that's okay. what they're going for. So uh, one two and two and uh, three four. No, it's one, two, twelve, and zero are on board. Then I mean, I just just wish they'd had like you know. I can't oh, count this is binary. One zero 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 one, like that could be like at least try a little. You're right. Bit. They must have been like the first citizens. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, I think we'll wrap that one up then. The reason I remember it fondly is because they used to have this on tape at um, Kemp's where I used to rent my videos from. Uh, so I saw this episode quite a few times, and so I have fuzzy nostalgic feelings for it, I but I'll, admit, I'll admit it didn't hold up quite I, that well. I have nostalgic uh, 
memories about this episode because in 1987 I was 16, so I quite enjoyed the Minuet episode. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, I mean, we all enjoyed that part of it, but I'm just saying it's so also, I, I, I swear. Watching the credits, even the credits look bored and a bit listless. I'm just, I might be imagining it at this stage, but I'm just saying it's like, it was not the fine. It, like, I mean, no one, has got some, no one on screen was enjoying it. It has got so, as I said, it's got some lovely shots of ships and it has. Sorry, uh, sorry, there is one more. Just sorry, I just I I couldn't let this one pass as well because when they realize Minuet is a, a, a hoax and they're mm-hmm. in the archway. And they realize the ship is is in peril. What do they do? Run to action, make sure they get to the bridge as quickly as possible. No, let's talk to the hologram for five minutes because you know it's a hologram. What you you're not kind of curious of what's happening on your bridge or anything? And whenever you what... see them, they're not running anywhere. They're just sort of strolling down yeah. the corridor, like oh, no rush number go. one. Because we've got turbo lifts, they don't need to run. Fair point. Be to get okay. To... <laughs> But yeah, we'll wrap it up there then. So next week we'll be back with the final very short trek, unless they bring out another one. Um, and the next episode of Lower Decks and whatever other episode that sends us down the rabbit hole. So um, in the meantime, you can contact us. We're at RetrekPod. We are RetrekPod at gmail.com. Elliot has got Retrek Model Studios on YouTube. I, I have a video I'm ready to upload, so I'll probably upload that before I go away this weekend. Fantastic. I've got Kingy's Model Studio on YouTube. Sorry, not Kingy's Model Studios. Elliot's Model Studio, Kingy's Toy Box on YouTube, where we, we've been reviewing Dungeons & Dragons lately, so we should have some more issues of that due soon. Uh, Dr. Squee, what have we got going on with the Dr. Squee show? Honestly, I'm not sure. I've got a couple of, uh, to load up onto YouTube, which will be appearing soon. One which is uh, was recorded a couple of weeks back for National Poetry Day. It needed some editing. It's ready to go up anyway. Uh, and there's uh, another one which I just did with Dr. Philippa Kay, who is a um, a wonderful doctor. Like, write, has written loads of books on uh, female medical issues. She's a TV doctor as well. And she's talking all about it's National Menopause Month. Um, and she talks about why uh, you're doing your pelvic floors are important. And also, because it might sound like it's not important to men, though, it affects me, like, you should do them as well because it's better for our bloods as we get older. So it's, you know, it's, it's maybe not the sexiest episode of the Doctor Screen Show, but it was actually really interesting, uh, really fascinating, and I'd, I'd recommend it. Uh, um, do. Before we go, uh, it's actually National Cleaners Day. I don't have a cleaner, and I'm not going to say thank you to the washing-up fairies because they never turn up the bastards. But can we say a thank you to all the cleaners that clean our workplaces? We can. Thank thank you you to all the cleaners. Do you know, it's also in this month, it's um, menopause month. It's ADHD awareness month, which I just found out, which is like halfway through. And it's also black history month in America. I mean, like, uh, actually, no, it's over here, isn't it? I think in America, they've got it in February, which is the shortest month. I mean, we give them a proper month. That's what I'm saying. We we give everyone a proper month. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's like they're three for one month. It's like, I think they're running out of months to do these things. In, oh, yeah, everything's something. Uh, anyway, thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on the Retrack. Thank you. Goodbye. And drag off LLAP.
fascinating.